time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernaberry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Stiglione. This week's episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by Ernaberry's Excel add-in. Save time and improve your report building by streamlining supply and pricing data directly into your spreadsheets. Call 732-240-5330 to learn more about the Excel add-in. Let's start off with some great news. The Copper River catch is up 35% from the <laughs> forecast. <laughs> so CP News editor Peggy Parker reported uh, for us this week that the Copper River's first two openings were short of projections, but fishermen and processors got a boost last Thursday with a catch of 69,300 sockeye compared to a projected harvest of 51,100 salmon. And then another boost came from Main Bay and Prince William Sound on May 30th of 1,249 sockeye, 49 sockeye, sorry, and 1,256 chum salmon. Bristol Bay officially opened June 1st. And although the real excitement may be a month away, when a record-breaking run of 75 million sockeye is expected to peak. Spring troll salmon openings were announced throughout Southeast Alaska starting May 28th in Sitka Sound and June 1st in in most other areas until dates in July, August, and September. While the landings of the Copper River's third opening on May 26 yielded higher than expected landings, escapement was lackluster. ADF&G announced that a cumulative total of 37,136 salmon made it past the counter as of May 31st, a date the agency predicted would show 144,085 salmon by then. The early morning count on June 1st was 3,788 fish. Landings of 1,980 Chinook salmon were also caught last Thursday. Peggy will continue to report on this season, so be sure to visit seafoodnews.com for more in-depth updates. Now we've got a couple of mergers and acquisitions to talk about. First up is Fortune International, which acquired North Bay Seafood, which is headquartered in Mississippi. Uh, North Bay Seafood distributes fresh oysters and frozen seafood products, and the acquisition by Fortune will help expand their footprint in the Gulf states and increase their presence with large retailers in the region. Lineage Logistics has acquired Turbo Inc., a leading provider of supply chain management, collaboration, and visibility software. The move to acquire Turbo follows an initial investment made by Lineage Ventures in Lineage's vision for improved supply chain collaboration. Turbo will now become a wholly owned subsidiary of Lineage under its own brand. Norwegian salmon farmer Salmar and fellow salmon producer Norway Royal Salmon have also entered into a merger agreement. The deal will see Salmar acquire NRS, and Salmar said the rationale behind the move is to increase the value creation in the regions where the companies operate and enable the realization of synergies between the companies. According to a presentation on the merger, the move would make Salmar the largest salmon producer in both central and northern Norway. The deal is conditional on NRS completing its acquisition of Salmonor. And in the final recent merger and acquisition news, Seafood Connection, a company owned by Maruha Nichiro, acquired UK-based North Coast Seafoods. Seafood Connection said both firms complement each other in their respectful markets, and both are looking to grow North Coast ambitions in the UK market. Moving along, snow crab producers in Newfoundland and Labrador are limiting production in response to market uncertainty. 
The association of seafood producers explained in a news release that serious concerns have compelled producers to respond. According to ASP, U.S. and Japanese buyers have been reluctant to place orders for snow crab. They've also reportedly slowed their crab purchases week after week in the hopes of finding the bottom of the market. Ernaberry market reporter Janice Schreiber reports that the market continues to look unsettled on five to eights out of both the Gulf and Newfoundland. Some still lower pricing is noted on LTLs, while eight and 10 ounce crab is steady at listed levels. An additional one million pound processing license was also issued to Dandy Dan Seafoods. While the new crab processing license was welcomed by FFAW Unifor, which represents the harvesters in the area, there were also concerns because Minister of Fisheries Derek Brad had rejected recommendations to issue additional new crab processing licenses. As of May 30th, Newfoundland Labrador has landed and produced over 60% of the crab. And now, in order to support a stable business and the functionality of the marketplace, ASP says that their member companies in the province will be limiting their production. ASP Executive Director Derek Butler said that producers cannot continue normal production in this uncertain environment. Some members will be taking corporate decisions to limit production over the balance of the season, and there is a clear necessity to support the market and stabilize pricing by limiting supply. And in some market news, year-to-date scallop imports for the first three months of the year report the highest volume on record since 2014. The first quarter of 2022 brought in 20.8 million pounds of scallops, a 43.4% increase compared to 2021, and a 116.8% increase when compared to 2020. Most notable is the shift in origin of the leading supplier of scallops. Typically, China exports the most volume to the U.S. However, Japan has imported 7.6 million pounds, or 35% of the total thus far, a significant increase from the 1.5 million pound average from the previous five years. China at 4.5 million and Canada at 3.7 million are the second and third leading suppliers of scallops into the U.S. on a year-to-date basis, both exporting more volume into the U.S. than one year ago. In looking at domestic volume, reports from the New Bedford auction landings have shown improvements since the season opened on April 1st, 2022. While larger U10 and U12 size scallops remain short, as anticipated from recent biomass surveys, most of the volume is seen on 10 to 20 count sizes. May 27, 2022 reported 109,890 pounds of 10 to 20 counts from George's Bank, as well as 76,446 pounds of the same size from closed area two. We love seeing those volumes there. So as volumes move through the auction, discounts emerge on select sizes. So all natural U10s remain firm amid lackluster raw material supply entering the market, while U10s uh, well, 10 to 20 counts have softened through the second quarter of 2022, yet remain well above seasonal averages. In looking at imported product, pricing on Canadian scallops mirrors that of domestic supply, where U10s remain steady at elevated levels and smaller sizes have softened since the U.S. season has opened earlier this year. Despite increased volume from Japan and China, those markets continue to have somewhat of a firm undertone. Due to the elevated pricing still seen on these markets, buyers are acting conservatively, holding out for the prices to soften before replenishing further. Additionally, demand remains active throughout Europe and within China, along with elevated freight continuing to add upwards pricing pressure. 
Wow, Lauren, I could just listen to you talk all day about scallops. Ooh, me too, right? <laughs> Putting some people to sleep over here. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's it's very interesting. I especially like hearing about, about the domestic side, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, for the crab meat market, um, thankfully, we have uh, Janice Schreiber does all our reporting for us there. So I am pulling from Janice's latest report. Um, she's reporting on the loose swimming crab meat uh, market this week, and she's saying that it is continuing to adjust just lower. So the market has trended lower across the complex on most grades since the beginning of 2022, and we appear to be watching a market correction lower. So several factors are attributing to this correction, the main being increased supply and reduced demand. As crab meat rose throughout 2021, uh, users began to buy more cautiously and take crab meat off of their menus. And uh, imports are also much higher than previous years. In the first quarter, blue swimming crab imports are up 55.2% from the same time last year. Imports are currently trending well above the three-year average as well. Year-to-date, imports from Indonesia, who holds a 43% market share, the highest in the category, continues the year up 40.9%. On a month-to-month basis, March imports from Indonesia are up 2.9% in comparison to February. Imports from China are lower this month as compared to February 2022, down 33.7%. Year-to-date, China is up 68.3%. And when looking at some of the other producing countries, the Philippines are up 105.1% year-to-date. Venezuela is up 43.4%, and Vietnam is up 40.3%. With this continual rise in imports, inventory stateside have been rising, and demand has not been keeping pace. As we begin to head into the historic busy season for crab meat, especially in the mid-Atlantic states, who will have plenty of beachgoers head to the shore this summer, we will watch closely to see how both buyers and sellers navigate their inventory positions and how much crab meat starts to move through the system. And that does it for us. No nonsense. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I know we didn't even we didn't really get anything fun this 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 episode. There's no fun seafood news this week. <laughs> what can we add in real hmm. quick? What can we add in real quick? All right, never mind. We'll we'll get started right, on next mind. week. We'll, we'll, we'll get started on next week, and we'll add a little more fun. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's just some sometimes secret news is just straightforward. I mean, I guess most people are coming to us just strictly for the facts, but we like to think that people come here for, you know, our fun banter. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I guess we have, we do have something fun coming up. Uh, on Tuesday, we're recording a new Watch This Eat video. Ooh, there we go. So we're, uh, we're going to eating canned rockfish from the Tiny Fish Company. And I cannot wait. If, if you are not familiar with this company, I cannot wait for you to see this packaging in, in the video. Um, it is total Instagram worthy. <laughs> it's a beautiful, yes. beautiful packaging. Uh, Hopefully it's just as good as it looks. Yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I've never had, I don't eat a lot of um, canned food, obviously tuna, um, you know, is a big one, but I've never had canned rockfish. No, me neither. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to try that. We will be expanding our horizons. Yeah. And they're from uh, Chef Sarah Hellman. Um, so she does a bunch of other canned fish too. So she's got octopus with lemon and dill, which sounds awesome. Um, all the fishes uh, from um, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, smoked gooey duck with black pepper, which sounds awesome. Um, 
the rockfish we have is rockfish in sweet soy sauce. Uh, it's harvested off of Coos Bay, Oregon, and is prepared in a sweet and salty mix of gluten-free soy sauce, mirin, organic cane sugar, and a kick of wasabi powder and citrus. All right, don't give it all away. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> something to look forward to. We know you love to watch us eat. We love to eat. So we're very excited. Mark it on your calendars. <laughs> all right. Now, thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs> Thank you.